hey guys, my name is Ananya Jeevlochan. Uh, I'm from St. Stephen's and this is the first episode of our Cineclub podcast. I'm here with my friend Pinaki and our two guests, Tanul and Rahul Desai. So we have some yeah. certain questions for you, Tanul and Rahul, and we'll just be discussing of, uh, about you know, these questions, about that topic. Yeah. Since I asked a question about art direction and, you know, we can't you know, inevitably make a distinction of what is exactly dystopic and what is not. Like there are no specific preconditions to uh, describing this genre, but if you just see from like to see it from the perspective of solely entertainment it, ha- it the genre having a proper consumer value you both as consumers like what would be your favorite kind of dystopia i guess that's a very difficult question to ask but again um yeah it is a difficult question especially now because i really can't tell the difference anymore but uh, I mean, see, I, even I, like just like Tanul mentioned, and even you know, it's it's more or less an extension of your last question and the last answer because uh, those two films that Tanul mentioned, uh, both you know, Dogtooth, especially Dogtooth for that matter. Uh, even though Lanthimos is you know not one of my favorite, but uh, of course, me and Tanul will argue about that later. Uh, we, we, I, I sort of, uh, I mean, the, those are the those are the kind of dystopian films. I think most of, uh, uh, at least as a consumer, so to say, or uh, as a human being watching material, watching things in day in and day out, uh, those are the things our minds are sort of equipped to engage with directly. Because look, dystopia is more or less uh, the premise for most dy- dystopian dramas or satires are the same. It's basically humanity uh, battling to. Uh, battling against the diminishing relevance of humanity in the future, right? That That is more or less the premise of every dystopian drama ever made. And the uh, visual palettes are always there to support or not support it. So as, as an audience, we are always conditioned to expect uh, something different from our reality, something may, may be an update of our reality uh, most of the time. So when you actually see a film like Dogtooth or, or any... Or say even a film like Arrival, which was which which isn't exactly dystopia, but it's a science fiction film Shit. that can be yeah, yeah. as dystopia. So you know, and given that the filmmaker does make those kind of films, um, if you see these kind of films, you tend to um, if, when you immediately see an environment that reflects yours, or the colors that reflect yours, or an unremarkable palette, you know, if you have to be really specific. Then as an audience, you're automatically, uh, I mean, the film is also automatically defying your preconception of dystopia or defying your preconception of how the future should look and how the past used to look. But, you know, these are all things decided by art and literature and and the films that we've grown up on. Uh, The fact that they are now reflecting the sort of palette we see in our everyday life is very unsettling. The first thing it does is surprise you because it's normal, because we are so used to uh, uh, sort of seeing abnormal for so many years. That reaction, that primal reaction we have towards that palette, towards the film in that moment is very unsettling and it is very effective. And those are my favorite kind of films because they take you, uh, uh, you know, they take you by surprise by uh, by not really throwing what you expect uh, uh, at you. And they, they sort of, by 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 respecting and honoring the sort of time you live in and the universe you live in uh, and without ma- making sort of lofty uh, claims and lofty uh, sort of, um, you know, um, creations of what the future might look at. Because that 
that is the kind of dystopia i think most of us even look for subconsciously right now when we watch films or series or whatever sure, it sure. is when we imagine a film that's what i look at even visuals or art direction or even themes for that matter uh, the more they are rooted in our reality of everyday life the way we are living in the pandemic or the way we see traffic outside on a lack of traffic outside the more <coughs> unnerving it can be and the more effective it can be as a dystopian drama uh, i think that was like really the uh, easiest answer to give to a difficult question of pinaki uh, so then what are your views on this question and asked by pinaki uh see for me i think i mean if you just look at i i i may just sound very grandiloquent or whatever but anyway uh, so i mean if you just look at the very nature of stories right or whether the very nature of people and 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 those stories have been depicted across i mean uh, forms right i mean uh, right from painting to novels to films and all of that and and obviously i mean you can say that uh, we as a civilization as human civilization we go back a long time and, and we are culturally very diverse and all of that i think if you if you really look at at you know the gist of stories uh, at at the essence of what really bothers people or what has bothered people over i mean millennia and all of that you will not find a lot of things i mean uh, i mean if 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 you really have to break this down on a very macro and a very basic level of course i mean a few things will uh, will will pop at you right i mean things such as say justice honor uh what makes a good person uh definition of a hero uh i uh, inequality uh how uh, can we evolve as 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 people what is holding us back you know the, the, the injustices uh, exploitation uh, uh the, the the voices of the voiceless uh, being suppressed and 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 and, and so on i mean the, the in fact you can sort of boil this down to that most stories are about not more than say 10 to 15 or 20 things you know this sort of these battles between the powerful and the powerless and 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 so on and so on so what i would like to uh, see in a good dystopian film is you know how it takes uh, familiar things uh, things that uh, we have we can identify with that we have lived with that we have felt it and how it sort of gives it so to speak a futuristic spin uh, but that spin doesn't take you away from the core of the human problems but in fact brings you closer uh, and i think a few uh, uh, films uh, uh, and a few uh, web series and all of that have done a pretty remarkable job in fact one of my one of my favorite uh, episodes or one of my favorite things that i've seen over the last 5 7 years is this one excellent episode of black mirror uh, oh. it's called no self yeah no yeah, self. yeah 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 that people rate uh, like you know people in future wow whatever i mean where you are rated uh, based on uh, your i don't know your uh, your appearance or how cheerful you are things like that whatever now we have all, already started to see those things right like uh, in terms of say uh, uh, you rating uh, your uber driver or the uber driver uh, rating you just to intervene that is a point i i guess that also existed as a trope i mean if you see very classic dystopia novels like let's say a brave new world there also like human beings have been rated as uh, you know alpha delta 
beta, gamma, then epsilon, all of that. So, uh, is there a, like a new depiction of you know dystopian tropes in general in today's films? It's a, it's a yes, yeah. yeah, no, no, that's fine. So I was, I was coming to uh, uh, my point, and, and and my point is essentially this. I mean, I'm, I'm not uh, looking for something. I mean, say, I don't know, revolutionary, because as you said, I mean, uh, Huxley's novel is what 1932. It's almost a, it's almost 100 years old now, right? And and, yeah. and I don't think being tropey, sort of, so to speak, is is bad at all. I mean, and, and and that's why I prefaced my answer with saying that you know, at the end of the day, essentially, you're dealing with a few fixed things because. Uh, that's what we are are as people right i mean uh, the fact is that at least on on a, on a broad level i mean on a very microscopic level and things like that obviously uh, you can talk, talk about infinite things but i mean just coalescing all of them into into a few things so for me and i gave that example of uh, uh, a black mirror episode because it just took something that was all around us but it sort of played with it just extrapolated it I, for me, just just to the right degree, and uh, for me, it was just deeply moving. I mean, it was, uh, and I'm pretty sure uh, there have been uh, uh, pieces that talk about dehumanization and all of that. But to do that in a 50 or a 55 minute episode in the way they did it, I thought it was deeply moving. Anyway, so uh, so for me, that I would say is one of the uh, one of my major criteria. I'll be really honest, dystopian films. Uh, I was really not into dystopian films for a really long time. Uh, I mean, I mean, until I was say twenty or whatever, uh, which is to say fifty years ago. But anyway, uh, so I was uh, because I often used to find them, I don't know, sterile, sometimes cold, and all of that. And sometimes, obviously, that was the point. But but I I uh, what I would like to see or or something I think that Jordan Peele managed in his Twilight Zone uh, series. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, take something so. The fact is that, say, uh, things such as racism, right, or say, casteism, or 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 whatever, these things will not uh, uh, vanish in the future, right? Because obviously we know that uh, that they will not. Uh, so what I would like to, and I'm just giving this as an example, that I I would like to see how that would look like in 2040 or 50, whatever. If if we are talking about like you know uh, what kind of dystopian uh, uh, fiction I like, I mean, so essentially taking something really identifiable, something that is. Uh, that is just such a deep part of a collective psyche, but uh, funneling it through a really, uh, you know, nuanced and uh, perceptive uh, lens, which not just envisions the future, but also think, uh, but 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 also is very clear-eyed about you know how, in what subtle, sophisticated ways, among others, the future uh, can take things from a present and not necessarily you know make it better in fact make it worse but uh, but how uh, does that interplay of uh, a really very retrograde uh, human mindset uh, coupled with this uh, really very uh, ironic advancement in technology would uh, would take us and uh, i think uh, i think that sort of approach can uh, for me again obviously uh, can sort of um, illuminate uh, the human condition and and the ways in which uh, human minds uh, will evolve in future. So I think uh, the, that's something that that deeply appeals me about uh, dystopian fiction. So like 
definitely talked about the favorite kind of uh, the kind of dystopia we like. So I have a question for you both. That do you guys personally find any parallels between all the movies having this theme as a dystopia? Uh, come again, just uh, repeat the question. Yeah, sorry. Uh, so, do you guys personally find any parallels between all the movies having their theme as dystopia? For example, yeah, like not even like not only movies, or, but the television series as well. For example, Black Mirror, or the shows that were done, what I was talking about. So, like when you watch a certain movies, be it of any genre, you know, you tend to find something really similar or like par, uh, like you know, kind of uh, uh, similar, as I said, uh, in the movies. So. when you watch any kind of dystopic film do you find like something that is like not day present but in like probably in you know it's in a certain manner present in the movie so do you find any parallels personally not the ones that are generally told yeah. by people yeah but personally i mean obviously like for the longest time i didn't even know it was called dystopia i used to just like put uh, everything under an umbrella uh, of futuristic uh you know of of sci-fi and stuff like that but uh, but yeah personally the, the only parallel you can really find because see it's the, it's the same bunch of ingredients that is being mixed together to tell different stories of different countries and different cultures so it's sort of like uh, the future is the only common theme in dystopia right and even that our perception or our sense of the future is now so warped as compared to say 5 years ago so uh, i mean that's technically like personally at least even i i don't like go into a dystopian film or come out of a dystopian film for that matter uh, wondering how similar or even find myself wondering how similar say uh, one film was to another say whether it's about memories of the future whether is it whether it is uh, you know technology whether it is political but uh, i mean the one thing that we often see and I, even i think tanul mentioned earlier is is basically you know sort of i mean sort of humans uh, trying to find their place and fi- trying to find their relevance in the future or trying to fight for their relevance so i mean that is the only sort of template you can say uh, most dystopian storytellers really go by because everything that is the skeleton everything else is you know all heart and veins and blood and flesh so uh, th- that's pretty much the only thing I, and that's pretty much the only thing that attracts a viewer like us too like because you're basically trying to tell a story of the present through the future and and trying to uh, basically then tease the viewer into thinking Uh, into being unable to distinguish between these two times and that that's actually uh, you know because one of my favorite dystopian films again you know it falls into many categories and because it was a graphic novel also is way for vendetta which i watched like way back in 2006 i don't it released in cinemas uh, and if you look at it it was obviously a dystopian sort of action film uh, that's the tag you would give it on a very primal level but uh, if you look at what it's about it is today's america today's britain today's india and uh, the only difference is you know you're using a vigilante to sort of tell a story uh, tell a very real story like back then i found it bizarre that you know the sort of a, uh, like a holocaust kind of setting is repeating itself dictatorships exist we weren't we were we were very unaware of it that back then and we had only seen it in literature and art and and in the movies and now uh, look at where we are right now so 
that's pretty much the only thing right future and and that, that and again our definition of the future is changing as we speak like we are in the future right now we are living it right now so you know there's no difference between the present and the future it's, it's just like the metaphor coming into real life yeah yeah. Right. yeah so where yes. yeah so if you are saying something yeah so we know almost an hour so maybe second last question if that's okay for both of you yeah yeah can i just uh, uh, answer this or if you guys are running short of time then i think we can uh, anyway, so what we will do is i guess we just you know, uh, you know publish this in a two part series right? so that works so yeah okay. Okay. so uh, yeah i mean just taking uh, uh, what rahul said forward i mean obviously uh, the fact is that <clears throat> I, I, i something that is uh, Uh, a, a very fundamental commonality underpinning these films is the fact that you know uh, this this uh, depiction of a future which more often than not uh, it is just very obviously different uh, from the one that we live in and 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 then that sort of really uh, takes uh, urgent profound meanings and and how we sort of uh, because i mean i think this is a pretty uh, fundamental preoccupation of people right that uh, i mean it, it's it's even fucking asked in interview questions where do you see yourself five years down the line whatever i'm sure <laughs> you guys yeah, yeah anyway uh, so so i mean we are just at a very fundamental level very intrigued by okay uh, what will uh, future look like and, and 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 things like that so i think uh, this the the sense of uh, almost a uh, mystique uh, related uh, to uh, the destiny of the fate or whatever or or or, or the eventual uh, sort of uh, uh, and fate of the mankind is something that i mean uh, these uh, that that it is something that is uh, a really prominent commonality because i mean obviously these are films that obviously come under the umbrella term of dystopian films but there are also different things that are happening in it and all of that i think what's really interesting uh, to me is how the future itself can feel like and what that says about the makers about the reception of the films and uh, it's uh, it's very 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 interesting i mean i'll give you two examples i mean uh, they are from early 2010s and uh, and obviously i mean as we spoke about i mean the dystopia has also a lot to do with you know responding where we are as a society and all of that uh, so i mean uh, uh, the real world events become then uh, then they become really important say 911 say i mean the cold war say whatever i mean the world war 2 things like that whatever um, so in this case i think it's really important because i think uh, uh, a spate of these films came after i mean uh, i think most of them are based on books uh, they came after the financial crisis of 2008 and uh, if you see i mean uh, the first set of films that i want to talk about is uh say films such as hunger games uh, divergent the giver uh that if you look at these films right i mean uh, they are obviously at a uh, at at one level they are telling a story of you know individual versus the world i mean and uh, and there is this sense of i mean a uh, grave danger and all of that which an individual or a society must navigate to sort of uh, uh, to sort of circumvent uh, this uh, this problem and, and and the way that world is itself becomes dystopian and we are supposed to uh, side with uh, with the protagonist because that's how the narrative is framed and and those folks are heroes and and, and things like that 
Now, what's really interesting is the fact that if you see uh, the world of at least these three films, I'll give another example, but that's a pretty overt example. So I want to withhold that. But if you see the world of these three films, say uh, The Hunger Games, uh, Divergent and, and, and The Giver, I think all three are 2014 films. But they are sort of, I mean, centered around, you know, uh, this quote unquote, a really oppressive government, which can even be seen as almost a coded message of saying, you know, uh, quote unquote, the big government, where uh, the big government is sort of uh, uh, clamping down uh, the agency of the individual. So, in a sense, that uh, these films are also advocating, uh, even if not overtly, and even if that's not the intention of the filmmaker or the authors or things like that, I think that's a fair case to be made that uh, that's the kind of reading that is that is not unfair or, or that is not out of bounds. So, I mean, so if you take these things. Uh, into account, right? Uh, the 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 fact that I mean, uh, they have a lot of uh, there's a there's a lot of emphasis on hyper individualism. There is a lot of uh, a, a sort of take down of you know sort of uh, the big government and 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 things like that. You would you would come to understand that these films uh, in the in the garb of questioning authority, they are also sort of advancing you know the agenda of sort of free market capitalism. And uh, and and then it gets interesting. And, and so the overt example that I was talking about was Atlas Shrugged, which is like uh, the uh, late fifties novel. But I think uh, the three-part series came out in two thousand eleven or something. Whatever, eleven, twelve, or thirteen or something. So I think then it gets interesting, right? Because uh, say if you are if you are not uh, a believer, say in the cult of capitalism or whatever, but uh, you are watching a dystopian film, and and it's it, it, it's a film that's trying to reorient you in a certain way. Uh, that's also a spin on uh, uh, the message itself or the design itself of a dystopian film because a dystopian film by design is made to not agree with its talking point but uh, to also sort of, you know, uh, 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 very obviously disagree with uh, the purported antagonist in the film. And uh, it can, uh, in these films, uh, there are enough sort of pointers where uh, you may want to say that okay, hang on, am I am I the antagonist, uh, or, or or am I from the from the antagonistic camp? Now, on the other end, uh, there are again these three films that that are uh, uh, that very overtly question uh, income inequality and all of that. And again, all these three films are made in two thousand early two thousand tens. They they become counterpart of these Hunger Games and and Divergent uh, series. And these are Bong Joon Ho's uh, Snowpiercer. There you have, uh, uh, then you have uh, in time. There is even Cosmopolis, uh, starring Robert Pattinson and and Eliza, which very sort of you know overtly uh, are about class struggles and things like that. So it's very interesting. I mean, I I remembered these things because you know you spoke about that, uh, 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 asked about uh, commonalities and all of that. So just to sort of drive a point home that it's obviously not very easy, and it's uh, because obviously I mean films just by uh, their very sense of being can widely vary even across uh, a subgenre but i think it's also very interesting to to see that over a span of 3 to 4 years we got two very different camp of dystopian films where uh, they sort of uh, followed the template but the way in which they went about in following that template was i think uh, uh, strikingly different uh, just to make a 
comment this will be a comment and follow like i hope i'm not digressing the point that tanul made i think is quite relevant the the i the the whole mystic around human fate is a very primary question that has been asked in our imaginations but i think you know judging from a very socio political sense it's metaphysically inaccurate uh, the question rather uh, should be what should the the human fate or the future of the world be in response to today's problems rather than a very generalized idea of what could be the human fate and i think it is historically relevant as well uh in in like in 20th and 21st century when we see the boom of motion picture and and proper you know uh, infotainment consumption being come coming into the, uh, the realm of capitalism uh uh it was not only uh, it's not only a 20th or 21st century or the post industrial revolution phenomena but it's also rather a very prehistoric phenomena as well well let's say like when plato imagined utopia uh, uh he was trying to solve the problem that existed in then greece so he wanted to bring about a group of republican kings and then again in 18th century when you see novels like jerome ke jerome where he wakes up from a thousand uh, year sleep and then asks what happening i guess he was responding to the then crisis of war and famine and then when we see uh, today's issues Uh, of you know uh, humans uh, being uh, artificially created like uh, th- that's also the response to what could be an issue if we take you know genetic mutation etc etc so i guess the fundamental question under metaphysics would be uh, dystopia is answering uh, like not a question but the reply to it would be that dystopia is answering the questions of today through the imagination of tomorrow i guess if that makes sense and no rahul tanvel rahul if you agree to it yeah yeah well said uh, even that's what i was probably trying to say earlier to and you just encapsulated it like uh, finding uh, sort of answers of the present through the future you know today tomorrow it is pretty much that and uh, and come to th- and you know i mean now that we are going to be uh like since we have gotten into the sort of specifics of dystopia and all it's, it's very obvious that everything we've seen in dystopian art over the years over the decades i mean as airy and as uh, you know as, as sort of over the top that it has maybe looked over the years none of it is without reason none of it is without uh, none of it exists in isolation none of it is without uh, method or design you know like even if we see Uh, 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 some of the strangest films or some of the most abstract sort of uh, examples of storytelling over the years it comes from somewhere it comes from a certain desire to solve a problem of a country of a person of a culture of a family for that matter uh, and of a time you know and and everything that we see on screen is a very porous consequence of uh, what has already happened or what is happening or what might happen maybe 10 years or 10 days down the line uh, depending on what is uh, what the present holds so you know it, it it's all it's all, nothing is random basically I, and even though it can be sort of uh, you know uh, pinned down as probably the most random genre and the most creatively fulfilling and imaginative genre uh, you know there's so much philosophy there is so much uh, 
there there is so much um, uh, there's such an insight into the way the human mind thinks and the way human nature sort of operates on a day to day basis if you just look at a simple dystopian plot or a premise or even see the visuals on screen and how the how the film is translated from paper to screen uh, you know there's so much that goes on there you 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 read so much into a particular uh into a particular ecosystem just by watching 10 minutes of a dystopian drama say as compared to like a coming of age or a uh, or any other dramatic sort of category or any uh, dramatic genre so uh yeah i mean that's pretty much what it comes down to you know like it's basically a, a conversation between uh, two different times and that time could uh, and that time sort of alternates between past present and future and that that entire circularity of time that what someone say plato uh, or someone was trying to figure out 200 or 300 years ago um, uh, is still sort of reflecting and mirroring uh, mirrored in uh, you know the current dystopian uh, art that we see or maybe what we'll see 15 or 20 years down the line that is uh, you know that is basically a, a testament to how sort of time is sort of a circle most of the time and and, and it's just that uh, it's just sort of a <coughs> it's it's sort of a rearranging of certain ingredients within uh, that particular space <coughs> so uh, do we have question for one do we have time for one last question i mean yeah, we're all sure. yes yeah, yeah, so do you want to go with your question or should i ask mine okay, okay go ahead and ask yourself i mean you're already past the time limit so <laughs> yeah it's okay yeah, it, it has been really fun to you know, talk to town and you know like hear the mauren hear their uh, thoughts on the topic so so just my last question now to you both guys uh is that have you ever realized that the movie is a topic even though the makers deny so i think you uh i think i was clear enough if you if i wasn't right i would say sorry <laughs> yeah yeah go on i would say a lot of bad indie films are just a topic you know so there are so many romances that are dystopic it's insane and uh, you know so i i'm sorry i'm just being uh, flippant about it but i i mean this sort of thing has always popped in my mind that i'm like dude the makers have no idea how dark this film is and it's a really uh, shitty uh, i but think anyway, we, can, we can keep the episode name as uh, hum saath saath hain that will be the appropriate title for this one uh, uh i don't know it's a good question uh, i'm really bad with uh, coming up with things uh, but by that you mean i mean a film that's well made and it's a fairly i mean quote and quote a, a somber serious film but the makers deny that it's dystopia but i felt it was the stop uh, we felt it was dystopic yeah, yeah it's like uh, a, per- uh, a person type of thing like i'm not going into like general thing that you know people realize it like, it's something like well, from watching a movie uh, yeah yeah i guess uh, okay could be one yaar i mean i don't i am sorry i don't, nothing comes to my mind right now i'll have to really think about it uh but yeah yeah that's all i have sorry i think i mean uh, honestly I like dystopia uh, as tanul said we use it as an adjective to sort of criticize films most of the time you know because yeah yeah, yeah. of how bad they are so you know we don't i haven't really given this thought of course it's a great question but you know one film that uh you know is always sort of one indian film that is often sort of brought up in conversations uh for how uh, almost you know uh, for how it sort of predicted the future and 
and was about the future without knowing it was i think nayak back in 2000 and 2001 mm. or something uh, which you know we sort of uh, which sort of was a reflection of the future in a way and that i, I mean down the line of course in retrospect it became one of those films that people look back on and that memes are born from about you know the modi government and other about uh, the current uh, sort of situation political situation as well as the godra riots because this was before that yeah. and so the fact that you know that 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 sort of film so uh, so clearly uh, and very un you know it was very eerie in how sort of uh, um, accurate it was about the future and if you ask the filmmaker shankar uh, both versions if you ask him even back then if you uh, go and read his interviews back then uh, i i don't think there was any uh, particular political inclination or particular ideology that he was trying to force upon his audiences he just wanted to make a sort of very entertaining masala film so i think uh, the fact that it turned out into something else and uh, you know such a and such an unsettling reminder of how everything a filmmaker ever makes whether political personal entertaining whatever you want to call it leave your brains at home is somehow uh, uh, you know a reflection of, of the world we live in and uh, you know uh, whether we are escaping it or whether we are sort of um, uh, you know being accommodated by it i i think that that says a lot about uh, the genre uh, you know in yeah, so i think the the director of yes, okay, i'm so yeah. sorry i yeah, okay, it's okay it's okay I'll have to butt in again. It's a great answer, uh, and it really sort of uh, it was a great answer. It's also an unlikely answer. Nayak couldn't really pop in uh, people's mind, but uh, uh, when Rahul was saying Nayak, it's 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 insanely prescient that film, you know. So uh, there is a scene uh, in the film wherein uh, you know there's this. Anil Kapoor is interviewing the chief minister, yeah. right? Amrish Puri, mm-hmm. and <clears throat> after I think a few questions or something, the guy just gets so pissed off that uh, that uh, they have to cut short the interview. Now, cut to two thousand seven. <laughs> this is a 2001 film all right but to mm-hmm. 2007 you have karan thapar interviewing you know who and then he says dosti bani rahe so it's insane arish rahul is a secretary right uh, yeah. of uh, of yeah. uh, abish puri in the movie yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, if you see parish rahul the way he looks the yeah. way he will make you remind of you know somebody else as well i mean uh, and i am i really want to omit uh, people's name here so uh, i i but i'm sure you you know who i'm talking about right yeah you won't get a uh, chance so, to so, <laughs> yeah exactly so so it's it's insane like that of course i mean uh, you can sort of dismiss it as a as a typical melodramatic but i think it's a highly enjoyable film uh, anyway but i think yeah nayak is uh, is 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 something that is uh, uh, like from the looks of it in fact it, it doesn't look uh, uh this topic perhaps this topic is a uh, too far fetched about to use but yeah i mean it's absolutely right there in the sense of uh, a film that is just uh, could be about something completely else beyond i think even the intentions of the film yeah that's what i was getting on like i think shankar was trying to make a uh, like try to trying to achieve a utopia through nayak mm-hmm. but instead he just went uh, like he uh, <laughs> obviously uh, i yeah, think yeah. for dystopia 
yeah. like he was like uh, maybe what a, what 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 for a day a normal person becomes the chief minister of a state and you know uh, gets everything done right like the leaders could never do <laughs> and mm-hmm. he never uh, like even th- I, i don't know if he thought this or not like in 2021 four people were talking about this movie in the uh, way of dystopia so yeah. that was yeah. i was going to talk about yeah But yeah, people do talk about it, you know. There are memes uh, comparing yeah. that Karan Thapar interview to that scene from the Nayak. In fact, Rahul, when uh, he said Nayak, and I think later when he said meme, I think this really popped in my head. So I mean, uh, these sort of memes have been going doing the rounds for the last five six years. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. Oh, honestly, right now I'm just you know just baffled by people's observational skills. I mean, I'm <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so there was a great chat, and as you guys, there was one last question because this sort of a fan moment for me. Um, uh, earlier in our conversation, we talked about sci-fi films. So uh, uh, Arrival came up, uh, but honestly, the very uh, generic definition of sci-fi films has rather been superheroes. being involved right mm. uh so a uh, few years back when martin scorsese commented that you no know, you know, marvel movies are honestly just you know some amusement parks mm. uh, do you think that those movies are sort of a juvenile description of what dystopia can be because you know uh, being critical it's not exactly dystopic but rather a very juvenile uh, uh, interpretation of what the world could look like and how does that reflect on let's say your teenager's mind uh, yeah um, i mean if you're asking about the marvel universe uh, marvel sort of method of filmmaking right uh, even though for the yeah, matter, exactly. like i think uh, i think dc also like foreshadows yeah, such like things like that entire basically genre of superheroes and uh, living in sort of dystopian universes and sort of Mm-hmm. you're talking about that yeah i i mean personally i absolutely agree with martin's process yeah, i'm not i mean I, i'm really not a big fan of uh, that entire subgenre that has taken uh, that has really exploded since that damn spiderman film came in 2001 and then uh, 2002 or whatever and then and, uh, you know two entirely different rivals and ecosystems were born so yeah i, I mean i feel like it's a very flippant see the thing is uh, we have to understand that it speaks in a sort of mass language of teenagers globally you know because it's so visually uh, you know uh, at least visually out there and uh, you know because it's so full full of sort of genre tropes and superheroes and like uh, visual effects and like all these sort of big massive wars in the sky and on the earth and in the water god knows where uh, the thing is you have to understand that it's visually trying to sort of communicate with uh, with cultures across the world because yeah, yeah. not because it's an american film they don't only want american teenagers to grow up on the staple of sort of marvel films and dc films or this particular definition of science fiction or dystopia they want to speak across languages and across cultures and across people so that is why the visuals come in that is why this exaggerated uh, the, this madness this orgy of uh, this spectacle that we see every single film that is where that comes in because that is the only language that teenagers and young adults uh, really take to at a particular age in their life at a particular phase in their life uh, and that's what they understand because they, they these films sort of count on the fact that when these teenagers grow up uh maybe 25 uh, maybe 10 or 15 years down the line they will look at these marvel and dc films and think okay that was our beginning of our education of how the world looks 
and how the world uh, and the metaphors of these particular super even though they are mostly dumb in the film they are dumbed down and they are sort of really simplified yeah, yeah. Uh, to an extent where it, it just boils down to entertainment and business but the fact is that most of these teenagers will grow up thinking that that was the beginning you know that is where we started understanding what the world is about what super villains are uh, what a corporation stands for uh what capitalism stands for uh you know what what uh, a particular psychology stands for so that is uh, whether we like it or not that is how an entire generation of children are growing up i can't say whether it's good or bad we'll know 10 or 15 years down the line uh, given the job for sin but uh, but you know uh, th- that's pretty much my reading i mean personally i'm not a fan but i totally understand why it exists and why it does so well also kind of like the poems in the early 20th century yeah. or maybe you know yeah like the, the texts that we read in schools like in a whenever in 5th or 6th grade yeah. we to uh, imagine this is their tombs and stuff like that so, right yeah. i guess this is why this conversation is interesting because when i asked around this question i was sort of expecting an answer that revolves around the idea of fandom but he sort of gave a critique of cultural capitalism and i think there is where little our dialectic the dialectics in this conversation matches and just to just to like put a head on on that i think it's for filmmakers like martin scorsese it's sort of controversial and i'll point out why so let's say a film like watchman uh will perhaps not be according to martin scorsese's taste but again a film like before vendetta for him would qualify as a well made film or you know good literature Mm-hmm. but then both of these both of the novels the stories come from the same author alan moore mm-hmm. so uh, the artistic intentions and also you know cultural uh, and also capitalism being a very important figment of does take a toll on what you know artistic impressions and interpretations are i guess I mean, that was just a comment yeah yeah so uh okay so the last question and i guess we yeah, have to <laughs> done with this um uh, your favorite film picks uh, that revolves around the theme dystopia anul uh i mean, i think this podcast should actually be called the last question anyway sorry uh, a <laughs> <laughs> uh, favorite films uh, in dystopia it's, it's uh, anything favorite is a terribly tough question for me to answer because i mean yeah. answers keep changing every day but i'll give you some for sure um, a clockwork orange uh, i absolutely i think that's uh, that's quite something children of men i absolutely adore i think it's 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 great uh, snowpiercer as i mentioned very very uh, lovely movie uh, what else um, dog tooth for sure i mean it's it's right uh sits on top of i think everything else uh uh that's it it's it's one of my all time favorite films uh i really enjoyed uh i've not seen all its episodes uh, sorry all its se- uh, seasons but i quite like the first season of the handmaid's tale the the mm-hmm. series mm-hmm. i i thought that was quite well done i haven't seen the film though uh which came from 2 3 decades ago so i i mean i can't say that how uh, different or how uh, accomplished it was in comparison but i thought on its own the first season was i think quite great uh black mirror i have more or less enjoyed uh the first three seasons uh, apart from an episode or two that i may not have quite liked but i thought uh, season 5 sucked season 4 i don't quite remember i think i think it was fine only black mirror i quite like uh, so i think yeah these five six things i would uh, say for sure that uh, you know are some things uh, 
that I have really appreciated uh, in 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 this genre. Ghoul yeah. also I like if I if I yeah, have yeah. to mention you know uh, Indian, uh, yeah. Indian, given that we yeah. don't make a lot of uh, dystopian uh, pieces, but I thought Ghoul was uh, was quite well done. I think it was sharp, smart, and all of that. Uh, it's uh, so I think that uh, there, there was this one film which you can probably call dystopian, but I saw it very long. I can't really say I'm very inclined to uh, revisit it. Uh, so I mean, this is not an endorsement of that movie, but it's it's something that would be quite interesting. So this movie called Matrubhumi, wherein mm-hmm. um, it envisions a world in which i think uh, uh men are uh, unable to sort of you know become fathers or things like that and it's a story of one woman in a family which has some four or five brothers i think and it's it's, it's a pretty dark sort of a story it's, it's it's not futuristic or anything i'd set in some village or a small town but i think it's uh, it does share some critical commonalities uh, that we have come to recognize as dystopian fiction but again i i really have to uh, watch it again to sort of uh, see whether it whether it holds up so i think yeah these are some of my uh, favorites in the genre um my, uh, yeah as i mentioned earlier before vendetta is really one of my favorites But I really like that as well. Sorry, sorry. We for Vendetta also. Yeah, we for Vendetta is like really out there and you know as dystopian as it gets. Uh, but my all-time favorite, I'd say, like is Truman Show. Uh, uh-huh. I think that's also very good. Sorry, just, sorry. Yeah. yeah, when I was growing up, and you know, the, and given the uh, sort of generation we are right now yeah. in, and the whole media thing and the reality show thing, that yeah. was absolute genius, you know, for its time. and for any time for that matter uh, another two films and which really come to the top of my mind which i am a big fan of is both mad max and wally you know yeah. like they are very different films very different forms but they are dystopia in the most uh, if you distill it really down to its core they are very dystopian sort of dramas and coming of age sort of uh, animated films and those those two are some of my favorite films even across genres forget forget just dystopia so well that was a great uh, talk with tanul rahul and definitely some great comments for pinaki as well so uh, thank you guys for coming on this podcast with us and uh, i ho- hope that you also had fun as much as i and pinaki did so yeah absolutely i uh, thanks for uh, inviting us and it was it was a great chat it was great fun thinking about this particular Uh, uh we've never really talked about this before even tanul and me casually haven't talked about it so it was really nice and enlightening uh and yeah. for the chat and i think yeah. rakhi did very well for our first episode like yeah it's been literally like since the lockdown this is the longest chat i had in a so to so how the best day for me talking about my life and that is the tough thing to do but uh <laughs> But yeah, I mean, it was, a, it was quite a nice chat. Especially about, I mean, uh, we talk about this all the time, but we haven't really sort of like you know uh, sat down uh, like in this concerted of fashion to sort of distill one's thoughts about uh, something that is really, I mean, part of a life now in some way or the other. So yeah, thank you, Rasbir. Thank you.